honest here, no one's coming by for the graphical fidelity of our fucking show. I don't think so. So, like, no matter if I'm a little askew or you're a little askew, it's just going to happen. Mm. Mm. Watered down Coke. Oh, yeah. That's the good stuff. going to put this. Oh, no. It's tipping over. No. Okay. Nobody tell Rich I almost spilled ice on his PSVR. Just don't let him know because if you tell him, well, he might be a little upset that I almost spilled it on his PSVR. I wonder if it's – now, is PSVR sitting upright? Somebody Google and, and message me whether or not you can set a PSVR upright because I'm recording the show. I don't have time to look it up. I mean, I guess I could look it up because he just left. He just left to put cups away or something. I don't know what's happening. Maybe he had to pee and he just didn't say anything. Maybe he's doing a quickie in the yard. I mean, and what I mean taking a quick away is not a quickie. Could you call a quick masturbation a quickie? Could you could you actually, like, if you had to rub one out real quick, could it actually be that? Or did you? Oh, you were refilling. I was talking about <clears throat> that makes more sense. Yeah. Refilling, grabbing the water, doing the things, making it right, having the. Oh, you got to. I'm sorry. I should have made sure you didn't need a refill. First. I, I, yeah, I was like. Before we got on with it. Yeah. Okay. Welcome everyone to Excitement Incorporated. I'm Dan. I'm Rich. This is a show where we talk about movies, television, and video games. Sometimes odd ancillary um, forms of media like books. Books. Like podcasts, things. like board games, all the things. Really, just on so occasion though, because the three the three main mediums for us are games, movies, and television. You can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash excitement inc. If you feel like pitching in a couple of bucks, one of these days, we'll just get a way better looking camera than this uh, 1080p webcam that we've jerry rigged uh, USB through my computer. You know, we have a really cool studio for how far we've come. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. I, I'm digging it. You know, no, I'm, I like I'm it too. Fan. This is pretty cool. For where we were five years ago sitting at your dining room table trying to figure out how to do that on or trying to do this on rock band on a Mac. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> that podcast is sitting out there somewhere. 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 Floating about. I think it's on a, I think it's on probably the MacBook. Either yeah, that or my book, yeah. the drive. I don't know. <laughs> and if you want to be there for the creation of the podcast, you can you can subscribe to the God tier level and there be the only go. person to ever witness the inception of our podcast. Indeed. <laughs> be there at all creation. We were Genesis. so young. I'm just kidding. We'll we still push that so together. Young. We were not that much younger. I don't think. <laughs> we were still. <laughs> no, actually, no, 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 no. The further were, it gets away. You were still in your 30s and I was still in my 20s. The further we get away from it. The younger we become in that first one. You're not wrong. So that's a good one. Yeah. But anyways. So uh, as time progresses, we will just we're so young. Well, so we're so little we knew. We'll but we didn't record we didn't do video for that one. We did not. We didn't do video for that one. We did not. Yeah. Uh so Rich. Yes. It's it's been it's been a uh quite a week and, and there's been T V, there's been movies, there's been all kind of things, but let's go in order. What you've been watching. Oh, what have I been watching? Well, I shut the fuck up. I was watching. Um, it's uncalled for. Some stuff uh-huh. and things and um, other stuff mm. and other things. Oh, uh, but notably, uh, the wife and I went to the movies this past Friday, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we saw the new Scream. Oh, Scream Five, aka Scream parentheses twenty twenty one. Yeah. What did you? What did you? I he- I've heard good things about it. Uh, you see, you came out of that texting me with a different opinion. Uh, where where you at with it? And uh, what kind of fan are you of Scream? To kind of preface. Okay. Well, now, <clears throat> all right. Let's preface this. When I saw the first Scream, 
in the theater. Yeah. I was dragged to it. Yeah. Almost kicking and screaming because I was not a huge fan of horror movies. Right. There's a, and I had rarely seen any in theaters. So this was going to be my first horror movie in a theater. Possibly ever. And I went into it and I was not expecting the level of subtext and humor and poking fun at the genre as there was. And I was like, okay, I'm on board with this because it is a schlocky horror movie, but it acknowledges that it is a schlocky horror movie and is leaning into it super fucking hard. And I'm here for it. It's really good. You enjoyed that genre mixing of the comedy in addition, in addition to the meta aspect. I I appreciate the meta more than anything else. In a way, scream scream was one of the first and probably one of the most meta movies of in all of existence at the time. Right. Of all time. Well, and it actually started my love affair for Wes Craven. Because at that point, I was like, okay, this guy can make a movie. Yeah. At, at, up until that point. You hadn't seen Nightmare on Elm Street before that? I hadn't appreciated it. Okay, okay. And so it was it was a thing of, like, horror movies were were a cheap way to make a movie that would make money because it was playing at emotions yeah it was just really really easy to make a cheap horror movie make money i mean they made halloween in about like two and a half weeks right made millions off of like a twenty thousand dollar budget exactly yeah yeah and so that was the way of things it was like yeah okay i get it you know but the scream was the first one i saw that was actually saying something yeah and when I saw that, I was like, okay, I appreciate this. And then I went back and started watching more of Wes Craven's work, and I was appreciating the shit out of it. It's like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. He's very good at this. Wes Craven didn't make this movie. And, and you can tell. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you can tell that Wes Craven did not make this movie. First off, the subtext is gone. It is blatant text at this point. Oh, really? There is no, like... Before it was, you know, kind it's, of it's tongue not tongue in cheek. In cheek. Yeah. yeah. Now it's like nowhere near that. Oh. It's just kind of, you know, from jump exactly what's going on. And it got meta to the point of obnoxious for me. Anyway. Oh, okay. Okay. Like there's a fine line between meta and too meta. <clears throat> and it just dances over it a little too hard. Mm-hmm. So do you think the critics might have missed on that? As, as you know, I mean, because you would you would think a critic as someone who watches artsy film to the next Star Wars to the next artsy film to another tucked away artsy film to a cool indie which might also be artsy back to a you know blockbuster that they're gonna slam back to Scream. At this point, they've seen about two hundred movies that were not nearly as because Scream is a very specific subgenre of its own horror. Oh, yeah. It really is. And then they came back to that, and a lot of them like had very, very good things to say about Scream. And they said it's in the spirit of Wes Craven. They see the spirit of Wes Craven as someone who, um, like you on that matter, though, because, I mean, you're, you're taking a hard right from, mm-hmm. from like critics' review, which I think is interesting. And that's what what is interesting about what we do here is having our own fucking opinions and not just the, what the popular media you know wants to see or making sure we get invited to the next get, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, and – I may be alone in this, and, and that's totally fine. Yeah. And chances are I am. I, I am totally alone. That makes you far more special. On this. But hey, it was only like a 90 on Rotten Tomatoes. So you're not the only person who was like, I don't know. But, the well, the thing about it was that it was weird stuff on my mic. It was that as they're going through, it was so meta and so on the nose and so 
blatant to me that I was like, at any minute, any character could just break the fourth wall, look at the camera and go, this, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing right here. Yeah. See, see what we're doing? Because it was so in your face, like, this is how meta we're getting. It was like, tone it down a little. You can make it a little more subtle. You don't have to make it that blatant. But then again, there's a lot of people that are trashing on things Mm. that have a lot of subtext because they don't get it and don't see it. So maybe I'm just missing the boat. Maybe it's me. No. I mean, I wouldn't say that because, I mean, it's, you know, um, I'm in this room because I, I totally respect your opinion, right. you know, on the matters. And just because critics can agree on something doesn't mean that critics are everyone. Critics also love The Last Jedi, which is panned by, I feel like, at least minimum half of Star Wars fans did not like The Last Jedi. Yeah. Right. It's it's probably like one of the few that people are, you know, like a hardcore divisive on. But at least as far as like this new scream is concerned, like it also depends on what critics feel like they need to see in a certain time. So honestly, like, you know, there's a reason we say fuck the critics. Right. And that's because, and you know, the only reason I point it out is because. I like that you don't agree with the critics. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I like that because what we do in this in this you know garage is about having our own opinions and not being beholden to someone who's you know going to say uh, scream. I don't know who screams owned by now if it's Universal. I remember that like I think it was Dimension Films back in the day, which was um, Robert Rodriguez's production house, yeah. I do believe. And um, you're not you're not beholden to them. Meanwhile, there's a lot of there's a lot of places that you know like seem to really. <clears throat> have the same opinion about a certain you know game developer about a certain film studio over and over and over because you know um mm-hmm. i would expect a critic who didn't like the last jedi to give it two thumbs up or a minimum of 8.0 or something like that or a six because it's disney <laughs> right you don't want to shun disney or say that's bad disney but i mean um so no, I think it's I think it's incredibly interesting that that's your opinion of it, and I, I'll you know I'll make my own opinion of it. But now that you're talking about, it, I'm just kind of like, that's what I would worry about. Scream, scream, doing is being so meta that you're just kind of like I, I you know, where's your tongue? Because it's not in your cheek. It's right. like it's just out and in the air, and you're waggling it in my face. <laughs> right. Well, and part of what bothered me about that was that they were leaning on the movie Stab, which is the in-universe version of Scream. Oh, see, I didn't remember about that until literally you just talked about it. So in Scream 2, they introduced this concept that there was a movie made yes. about the murders of yeah. Ghostface and everything, yeah. and then that's that movie was called Stab, and now there's these fans of Stab that are reenacting the Ghostface killer thing, and it's... Interesting. Okay. Gets really, 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 really fucking mm-hmm. meta with that as the vehicle. Yeah. And that was where I was just like, okay. All right. All right. This is. But know, it ruined the experience for you, it sounds like. It took me out. It took me out completely. Okay. And I mean, there's there's a, you know, in all these movies, there's a certain amount of suspension of disbelief that you go into it with being like, okay, I accept that these are the things that are happening and. While it is fantastical and beyond, I know that it's part of this universe and I can accept that. That was just blown out of the water in this mm. screen movie. For me, anyway. Okay. I mean, and that's not to say it's a bad movie. Yeah. It was a bad movie for me. Yes. The first screen was this close to a perfect movie for me. Okay. 
because of how well it was played and how well everyone played their part in it. How old were you when you saw Scream? Um, Probably came out like 1999. No, 1993. It was a minute ago. I want to say it was 95. Did you see it right when it came out? I saw it in theaters when it came out, yes. So... Scream release. It just makes me curious. So, like, the original Scream. <laughs> Scream 4 came out uh, 11 years ago. Right. They put a lot of space in between these uh, 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 movies here. So, like, uh, when did the OG Scream come out? 1996. 96. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's... You that, were, yeah, I was... You were basically right. So like, I was, like, 18. If... You were like 18. I was probably more like 23, 24 when I saw um, Get Out for the first time, which I consider a damn near perfect movie. And the reason I make that that comparison is because Get Out also has its own kind of like meta level of things because I think about it and I'm like, Scream didn't nearly have the impact on me that it, you know, that it might have had on you at the time. Um, well, and and you, you talk about like the perfect tongue in cheek. Yeah. And the perfect experience. Mm hmm. For for me, I'm just kind of thinking about the way the movie Get Out. Spoilers for Get Out. They're sitting here beating, you know, racism, you know, on the on the nose in your face with like something's wrong here, but is it racism? Something's wrong here, but is it these white people? Something's wrong here. You know what I mean? Right. And it makes me, you know, kind of just suddenly think of that experience that I had, where like the only time I've ever gone to a horror movie and been like that it was fucking flawless was Get Out. Right. Yeah. Well, and. Keep in mind that um, at one time, Casablanca was the greatest film ever. Yeah. It was the best film ever. Yes. 40 mm. years later, 50 years later, you go back and watch it and you realize that it is filled with cliches. It is absolutely filled with cliches. Oh, geez. But you realize that that's where it all started. Every single one of those cliches started in that movie. Because that movie was original, but it became so widespread and so mainstream yeah. that everybody was quoting it so much that every line in it became a cliche. Yeah. And so 60 years later, you're watching it and you're like, this movie is nothing but cliches. Yeah. And you realize that that's why it's all cliches, because these were original lines that were quoted over and over and over. Right. Scream is the same way. Without Scream, you don't get Get Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without Scream, you don't get... My hereditary in, my, my you don't get elevated horror <laughs> yeah you never get that no. without scream yeah things because screams turned the genre on its side <clears throat> you know much. what else you wouldn't get hmm. Sc scary movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> Which i just like man i wonder how that movie aged that's the Not only reason well at all that was the only reason i knew a lot of things was scary movie because my friends were like scary movie is the funniest shit you have to watch it I was like, Mom, I'm, I want to watch this movie called Scary Movie, and she sees it. It says rated R, and she's like, fine. I had to watch that movie with my mom. Nice. When I was 11. Nice. I still didn't entirely understand everything that was happening there. Was your mom laughing? Uh, she fucking was. When he pulls out, <laughs> when, she, when she takes off her panties, and he has to pull out the fucking chainsaw. Like, I think she had, like, she finally by that point had suspended disbelief and was like, I'm not going to fucking, you know, consider this. I'm not going to make a big deal out of this. But I remember him, like, going, and my mom was like, Fuck fucking kidding me. <laughs> like even my mom was laughing at that point but right <clears throat> um because that that movie like the cool thing about like that you know scary movie back in the day was that it it got so stupid that you couldn't help but laugh right 
And for a while there, my wife was very into all of those movies. Yeah. All of the spoof movies. Yeah. Now, I will say that the best one by far that has aged the best, actually, is not another teen movie. Okay. I still haven't seen it. Okay, that's the one you probably should see if you're going to see a spoof movie. Okay. That would probably be the one. But I'm sure. Anyway, it, makes, it makes fun of 10 Things I Hate About You, The New Guy. Yeah, it makes fun of every cliche teen gotcha. romance comedy that... American Pie. Yeah. Made from like 86 to like 2006. Yeah. Anyway. So, Scream. Um, perfectly <clears throat> fine movie. Was not for me. Do you think it'd be more enjoyable if you hadn't seen the other screams, or do you? Will you not have a fucking idea going into this if you've not seen any of the screams? Um, I was a bit lost because I had only seen the first two screams. Oh, okay. And they were making references to the last four. Oh God. Or the last. There were references to the last two or three. Okay. So there wasn't a lot of references that I was understanding. Like there was. People connected in an interweaved way, and it was just very strange, and it leaned very, very heavily on people's knowledge of the quote-unquote stab franchise. Gotcha. Okay. So, if you're a big fan of Scream, you may enjoy it. Um, if you're a passing fan of Scream, or if you're a really big fan of Wes Craven, you can skip this. You can skip this hard. It is. Hard skip. It's, yeah. It's okay. not... It's not great. <clears throat> Any, anything else of prolific uh, importance that you've watched? Um, or even feel like mentioning? Yeah. What else was there? Um, I've been, I've been uh, keeping up with uh, sex education. Yep. Which has been a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. In fact, yep. when you showed up today, I was watching it and uh-huh. just truly enjoying myself. Yes, you should be. And uh, see, season three, you just started season three, which just started airing on Netflix, and that is um, season okay. three. I mean, I don't know what it is about the third season of every show that it like it's fucking amazing. But oh yeah, That's... clearly it's the formula. It introduces itself. It you get it spends its time standing up in season two, and then it can full blast run. Exactly. Three. Yeah. You have everything, characters you all, know. Everything's been established. Yeah. Characters have been developed. Plot lines are in place. Now run. Here's your story. Yes. Go. Go. Yes. Go. Yes, that is all. That's also known as the beard rule in um, Star Trek. Right, 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 right. Because typically around season three, somebody in there grows a beard, and that's when the show gets really just fucking good. So the beard rule. It's growing. It's grown its beard. It's the beard rule. Yes. Um, we've been the wife and I have been watching uh, Misfits. Yes. And uh, greatly enjoying that. Now that um, are you in the later seasons yet? Yeah, the uh, powers have changed yes. and shifted, and yeah. mm-hmm. um, Nathan is gone. Yes. Did you notice? Are you watching on Hulu? Yes. There is a short. I did there. not see the short. There's a short. You can see um, the way Nathan's story ends. Okay. So he's gone, not coming back? He's gone, not coming back. Okay. That's what I kind of he, he grew out of the show. That's kind of what I figured. Which is a bummer. But the guy they replaced him with is, you know. The Still, guy's the guy's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. I'm mm-hmm. digging him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I appreciate that he found a woman that uh, had a uh, what's the word? What? An enjoyable proclivity in the bedroom. Yes, that he was just 
gushing about to everyone, which is hilarious to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No one wants to hear it, and he's just screaming it to everyone that will listen. It's amazing. Um, you know, these characters just have the funniest, the funniest pathways in the way that they kind of do things. And you can see how the powers are kind of like changing their lives or what they're doing. And um, it sounds like you'll, you probably watched the Halloween episode finally. Yes. 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 Where she was dating the guy in the gorilla suit at uh, the yes. Halloween party. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was, yeah, that was a bit rough. Yeah, plot twist uh, is a minor spoiler. Yeah. He's a gorilla. He's <laughs> he a is gorilla. an actual gorilla, an actual gorilla in the storm. <laughs> He's turned into a human. Uh, I, I he falls the... in love with. Yeah. I don't know. We're dancing. We're just, we're dancing, we're dancing around. around. We're, we're yeah. Da- yeah, we need to anyway, stop. So, I just yeah. feel like. Watch Misfits. Isn't it, isn't it just like the most, like, it's weird that you haven't heard about, heard about it, right? right? Because we're in America. They don't, you know, it's not like we get previews or suggestions for these shows on what we do. But, you know, um, I think someone has the rights to an American adaptation oh, if sure. they want. MTV adapted Skins. Yep. At one point. Um, it was horseshit garbage terrible but um well, it's you know yeah it's mtv yeah it's exactly <sighs> yeah so there are two other shows that we have just begun watching mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they are both documentaries or docu-series oh really okay one is the secrets of playboy whoa where all of these women are coming forward about hugh hefner and the playboy mansion and the parties and the uh, abuses and the things that were going on then okay and it's it's brutal it's a really brutal <clears throat> watch oh really? because these women are sitting there talking about their experiences and they're not great no. they are not great experiences oh god and the thing is is that for so long they were portrayed as great experiences yeah so there's these women that ha- are coming forward now that are like in their 50s and 60s and in some cases 70s because they were the, they were bunnies back in the day and everything and they are like I wish I had spoken up then because it would have spared so many of these girls now wow okay and so they're like they feel a little bit of guilt by responsibility because they said nothing but at the same time it's like there's there's a good reason they didn't mm-hmm. yeah and you know and it's it's unfortunate that they only feel comfortable speaking out now where is this show on um it's on uh, a&e i believe so you can stream it on a&e okay I was going to guess like that or, 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 or fucking Lifetime or something. Speaking of Lifetime, there's one of the series on there. <laughs> <laughs> and that is uh, Janet Jackson's documentary. Okay. Where she's actually coming forward and telling these stories about her past and everything. Okay. And so all of that is on that docuseries. And we watched that. I think it's over now. Is the is that one good? I mean, are they both? Well, first of all, is the Playboy one essentially is it good watching? The the Playboy one is good to is a good watch. It's it's just brutal. It's very rough. It's yeah. It's it's kind of hurt, hurtful to see. Just are either of them nearly as brutal as Finding Neverland or Leaving Neverland? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Playboy one is just as brutal. 
That's Yeesh. Janet Jackson's is just kind of it's more of the same. Okay. You know, if you've seen any if you saw the uh TV miniseries about the Jacksons with uh, Angela Bassett and yeah. all those folks. If you saw the, um, if you saw Leaving Neverland, if you saw the Oprah interviews with Michael Jackson, there's not a lot of new ground being covered here. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're saying anything unknown about their past or their history or anything like that. So there's. If you're looking for the expose because Daddy Joe is now gone and the kids can feel comfortable talking about what their parents put them through, you're not getting that. That's not happening. Oh, fair enough. They're all these. These now adults are like, you know what? I understand why he did what he did, and I'm thankful to him. Some of these reveal all docs are actually like ending up being, you know, very good. There's one that's going to come out on Star soon. Um, it's a, a one that a, a comedian did who grew up watching his number one inspiration, Bill Cosby. Cosby. Yeah, and um, he said how to have the conversation, how to start talking about Bill Cosby, and I was like, wow, I might actually tune into that. Because it's very hard to talk about these as these things come to light. We're like, wow, these people were like terrible people. Ever since leaving Neverland, I can't listen to – I can't comfortably listen to Michael Jackson. I can't. No. No. And I know there's a matter of like you're – we talk about separating the art from the artist. You know, I'm still over here reading all kinds of, you know, all kinds of Harry Potter, watching the movies and stuff like that, playing the games, you know, ingesting the media when I can, enjoying memes and stuff. But like – you know, she also wasn't accused of nearly the, like, heinous fucking things that Michael Jackson was. Right. And so I just prefer to take, like, kind of like a neutral stand and just, like, if I can't change the radio, maybe I'll tap my foot. But, it, you know. <laughs> well, and that's kind of a difficult bit, too, and I don't want to delve too, too hard into it. Yeah, but, not in this one. But I will say that J.K. Rowling's beliefs are her beliefs. Yes. And she's going to have her beliefs Mm -hmm. that's her right that's her and she's gonna have how uh, she does her right to say so and she can say whatever she likes yes but if as long as she is not actively working against those things Mm -hmm. i think she can have a pass she's not actively going out there and being like men are men women are women and everybody else should be tortured and executed and these are how i'm going to this is how i'm going to fund that I'm, this is how I'm going to fund the wholesale slaughter of transgender individuals. She's not doing that. She's just saying her piece and then kind of being like, all right, here's more Harry Potter shit for you. Mm-hmm. Fine. No, no, yeah. Okay. But, you know, I'm, I don't follow her on Twitter. I don't listen to her beliefs. I don't pay attention to any of that. Yeah. If it's not Harry Potter, I'm not buying it. I'm not looking for more of that or anything, mm-hmm. but. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I'm not a fan of this shit. Either. Exactly. Yeah. So, I could be a fan of, I could what? be a fan of the Wizarding oh, World, not yeah. a fan of its creator. It's true. So that's easy peasy. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, so interesting thing that you mentioned, Bill Cosby, because he's in the Secrets of Playboy. Is he like, really? There's footage oh, of him at wow. the Playboy Mansion at these parties and shit. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, that's funny. We're talking about people ending up in, like, you know, um, shows and stuff. That happened to me watching movies yesterday. Yeah? Yes. What happened? Well, 
Um, I watched two movies yesterday. If I caught another movie throughout the week, I, I can't remember. Um, I had some really, you know, well, it's just, you know, Sarah's getting so pregnant now. I spend a lot of my time cooking, cleaning because she can't. Right. You know, she's, yeah. she's, and then she'll work a 12 hour shift and just, you know, not want to move. And I don't blame her body as being stretched out by a right. small human being. Um, in womb, in vitro. But uh, I watched a movie called Shawshank Redemption. Ah, this one is one of my top five. I didn't realize just how good it was. And I should have known better that Green Mile is perfectly fine. Stand by me, perfectly fine. You know what I mean? Like, they are good movies. Right. I, didn't, I never realized what, you know, I was... I was um missing out on when i did this and that game a way out i was talking about you know the mm-hmm. the buddies escaping prison thing totally inspired by a way you know like shawshank redemption which yeah. is which is pretty cool um not to the t because you you escape the prison in the first third of the game but the the movie shawshank redemption is another one of those kind of like coming of age one of those like discovering what the world is actually like kind of things and um I I liked it quite a bit. It's old enough that, you know, when they do things like introduce a, a young man who's going to be in prison for two years but wants to be a better man, like he, you know, and he's got this attitude. We knew we liked him instantly. He's dead. Yeah. He's dead. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it's got its its, its age um, um, uh, misgivings, but these are things that happen with age because, you know, how many movies of this type have been done like that? You know what I mean? So – I I mean it's my favorite movie about prison now, um, <laughs> uh, since the longest yard. Yeah, and uh, but that's because I didn't you know know these people. I didn't know you know what these characters were like. So and now I understand why Seth MacFarlane constantly has <laughs> Morgan Freeman narrating fucking e- like episodes and epilogues of fucking Oh yeah, Family Guy. <laughs> like at least once a season, he's got the Morgan Freeman doing doing the natural yeah. Peter alone. <laughs> Did you see the <laughs> Did you see the Family Guy parody of Shawshank Redemption? I'm sure I have in passing, but like I can't. I don't remember. It's been right. a minute since I like really poured into Family Guy. You right. Know? So there's uh, slight slight spoilers for this episode of Family Guy and for Shawshank Redemption, but you really should see Shawshank Redemption at least because holy shit, I, it's nearly I a perfect movie. I, it's so fucking. I was good. mad and I cried. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't expect that going into this movie. Yeah, you know, old movies can tend to be hammy. I see things happening here. I'm like, damn, that is profound. Yeah, there's a lot of prof- profound things and thoughts about this movie. Yes. Anyways, Family Guy. Sorry. So, um, <clears throat> in an episode of Family Guy, they are doing a riff about Shawshank Redemption, and um, Cleveland is playing Morgan Freeman's character, and Peter is, of course, Andy Dufresne. So, <laughs> at there's a point where Cleveland is at the end of a wall in the middle of a hayfield, and he digs up a box underneath a rock. I do remember that this has cash and everything in it, and yeah. he reads the note, and it says, "You remember where I said I was headed, right?" And he just puts the note down. And he goes, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! But in the movie, Morgan Freeman actually like says the name of the town, and I'm like, "What the?" How the fuck would you even remember that? Unless you were think. But then again, you know, you're in prison. You what else are you going to fucking think about? Yeah, no, that's true. So. No, of course. Yeah. The, the end of that movie when they're like hugging each other on the beach and he shows up and Andy Dufresne's like, yeah, he did it. He got out. And it was with Andy's lessons that he, you know, read, learned, um, 
you know, um, what to tell them in his in his uh, parolee interview. He's getting rejected over and over for his fucking parole throughout the movie. And at the end, he you know, he basically tells him like, "Fuck you. If I'm in here, I'm in here. Like I did my time, and I feel bad about it, but I know you don't give a shit." Yep. <laughs> and they let him out. I guess it's like, yeah. <laughs> at that point he's just like, "You can do whatever you're gonna do. I don't really care." Yeah. And they're like, "Well, we can't torture him anymore. Let's let him out." <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. Meets up with Andy Dufresne. Um, so after that, I, I unbeknown, beknowingly watched the sequel to The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, really? It's called The Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife. Okay. I probably brought it up a few um, episodes ago that I watched a movie called The Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah, I watched <laughs> that a while ago, too. Oh, you did? In, okay. in anticipation of this sequel that was coming Right, because the, the preview looked fucking hilarious. Right. And the movie was fucking hilarious. Yes. And I like I kind of like see it sucks now. Well, okay, so it just hit HBO Max. Okay, so you can watch it, and like I, you know, based on calling it the sequel, I have to minorly spoil it. Okay, is that gonna ruin your day? Not at all. Okay, cool. Um, so Hitman's Bodyguard's wife. For everyone who has seen, or or sorry, at least hasn't seen, um, Hitman's Bodyguard. Hitman's Bodyguard is just like kind of a perfect pairing where instead of like a buddy cop where you have a good cop bad cop it's a pairing between a literal like antithesis of two characters from each other which is the hitman who's ready to walk into danger and kill anyone at any time um played by samuel L. jackson who could not who could not give two shits who's supposed to be protected by the bodyguard a disavowed ryan ryan reynolds whose life has fallen apart because he was the best bodyguard he loved being a bodyguard and he's supposed to keep everything in order. Who now has to protect this assassin <laughs> who, yes. is, who is just constantly, constantly getting into trouble. To the point that, like, I think one of my most favorite sequences in any Ryan Reynolds movie is him sitting at an espresso bar bitching about his fucking life while he just gives up. He's like, I'm done with this. He walks away during the middle of a gunfight car chase. Walks over to the fucking espresso bar or just maybe the bar and he starts drinking and talking about what life is like while there are explosions in the background (laughs) while Samuel Jackson is running past like like just fucking obliterating people. And Ryan Reynolds like I just kind of get and it's the perfect just kind of like he he ends up on this nihilistic view and it's just the the most perfect amount of ridiculous sarcastic aspects to the point that um you know we do find out that Samuel Jack- Jackson's you know hitman has a you know a wife the love of his life they got married before she got incarcerated and she is played by fucking Salma Hayek yes. who is now the central character yeah. They made a whole point of the first movie that, you know, he's Samuel Jackson. Like, I just want to go on honeymoon with my wife and do all this stuff. And um, he is, uh, you know, at the beginning of Hitman Bodyguard's wife, he's literally in therapy talking about like, you know, I just can't do this anymore. And the therapist convinces him to like find his own, you know, his own life, his own way. And um, I got to right, plug in the laptop. Really yeah, quick, we're at really uh, quick, 35 minutes. Yeah. And I, uh, I was actually watching the I was actually watching the movie with uh, the wife and my wife was like, oh, I don't know if I really enjoy this or not. And I was like, well, you know, you don't have to see the sequel. We don't have to. I can always wait until it's on cable or whatever. And she's like, OK, yeah, you wait until it's on cable because I've got no interest in seeing the sequel. A so. very good sequel yeah. finds the right way to build off of. 
Okay. So, so they talk about just wanting to go on their honeymoon the whole first movie. So you get to the second movie and, you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds gets out of therapy and the, the therapist uh, convinces him not to. He says, great. He goes on sabbatical. He's reading a Nicholas Sparks novel at his at his uh, vacation retreat. He's got, you know, smooth music on his headphones and bullets start flying behind him. He can't see it until Salma Hayek reaches in grabs him and says walk motherfucker <laughs> so she's firing pulls him out of his chair and this is the first he's hearing of any fucking kind of action right. and he's like what the fuck is going on like, how did you find me and and she's she's like your therapist told me and he's like my therapist told me to stop doing this and Salman Hayek's like I can be very convincing cut to her fucking slapping the shit out of the therapist going, where the fuck is he where the fuck is he <laughs> so you get to see Salma Hayek going full blast it's like the director sat down with Salma and Samuel Jackson, and said, you guys have to be the worst people. You have to be the worst, most belligerent, not give a shit kind of people. So, um, I I won't tell you who the villain is played by, because that's a treat in itself, and I'm already gonna, you know, like, spoil another aspect of it, which is, um, so, the, the funny part is that Ryan Reynolds, and this is only just a minuscule amount of this movie, okay? There's, I'm not spoiling all of it, I promise. There's a minuscule amount of um, the ridiculousness, and they talk about the honeymoon. She's taking Ryan because he – I don't remember their characters' names. We don't remember names for these movies. He uh, – <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson got arrested on their wedding. Right. So she kidnaps him so they can rescue Samuel L. Jackson. Um, after they escape the, the resort in Mexico, she says, we're going to Italy. And they're like, why? And she's like, well, we were trying to go on our honeymoon. And then he got kidnapped. Okay, whatever. They're dealing guns with a guy. And she's like, oh, this is nice. And and Ryan says, I'm kind of on sabbatical. Do you have pepper spray? <laughs> Cut to them rescuing, rescuing, you know, Samuel Jackson. And, and one of the guys gets up. He's been nicked. But he, he, he goes, hey. And Ryan just amidst a pile of bodies blood all over the wall starts spraying the guy with fucking pepper spray he's like, ah, ah, and then samuel jackson blows his face out and ryan's just covered in his fucking brains <laughs> excellent is that pepper spray excellent <laughs> so um <sighs> just literally the worst thing that could happen to this character is what you think it is him going on honeymoon with the bodyguard and the bodyguard's wife. Nice. <laughs> Ending up doing exactly what he didn't want to fucking do anymore for literally the last people on earth he wanted to do it for. Nice. And they're in Italy, and he says, well, I have to I have to go to my um, – he said, I don't know where else we can go other than my dad's. And they're like, what are you talking about? And he's like, he's, the, he's like, I haven't talked to him in a long time. And they're like, well, that's okay, you know, and um, you, we, can, we can go. And he said – Ryan's like he's the best bodyguard that's ever existed. <laughs> he's literally the best, and they're like, "Wow, this should be interesting." And they they um, get buzzed in to this like fancy estate in the villas in Italy, and he walks in, and uh, uh, his dad uh, emerges from the shadows. Uh, it's Morgan Freeman, <laughs> is his dad. Samuel Jackson is like, "What the fuck?" And he says, "Why didn't you tell me?" Ron Reynolds go just that he has a deep, suave, butter-like voice. <laughs> no, why didn't you tell me that he was like eighty? Is like, no, that he's black. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan's like, well, who cares? He's my dad. He's calling him Papa. <laughs> All these soft things to his to his dad, who's the coolest Morgan Freeman he might have ever been. Nice. <clears throat> And he's like, he's like, I, I missed you, Papa. I wanted to show up in better circumstances. It's okay, son. And 
Samuel Jackson, he's, he's just like, why'd you tell <laughs> what me he's black? What the fuck is going on? He's like, does it matter? Ryan's like, does it matter about the love in your heart instead of seeing with the hate of your eyes? <laughs> awesome. Okay. So having watched this immediately yeah, after I'm Shawshank Redemption... Probably gonna have to watch this now. I decided that Andy and Red fixed that boat, went to Italy. <laughs> Red was in jail. He never said what the crime he did was. Red never said the crime he was. He fucked up as a bodyguard. He was the <laughs> world's best bodyguard, but he fucked up at some point. <laughs> Had to go to Shawshank for a little bit until he got out with Andy and they went to Italy. <sighs> we pick up there. Hitman's bodyguard's wife. Nice. It fits. It does. It just fits. It's a, you know what? It doesn't hurt. So, frankly, the best order is Hitman's Bodyguard, Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife. <laughs> I un- unintentionally oh, the, the trilogy. made it a trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> the trilogy. I love it. Yes. On board. So, Digging it. And yes. um, if you could pick literally like the most ridiculous person to, to um, be, be a villain in Hitman Bodyguard's Wife as it relates to uh, anyone that might have worked with Salma Hayek before. Yeah. Oh, um, yep. Yeah. Nailed yeah. it. Okay. I know you found it just now. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Yep. Gotta watch this. Yes, you yeah, are. I, have to I got this. you. Well, it's on yeah. HBO Max now, and that's Excellent. the best part. Good. Now I can watch it for <clears throat> for free or part of my subscription anyway. Whatever. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I finished Witcher season two. It ended a lot stronger than it began. I feel like it finally. We were talking about growing the beard and how it eventually stands up and it goes. This ep- this season of Witcher 2 definitely did that by the end. And if you haven't read any of the books, haven't read any or haven't played any of the games, and you don't aren't entirely sure, this is a good place to pick up because by the end you will be invested and you will understand kind of like the oh shit moments. The uh-huh. oh wow, is this happening right now? And I will say that like the combat fantasy by the end of the season is fucking oh man. It looks real good. You can see where they spent the budget and it is on monsters. In the nice. coolest way. The coolest way. Nice. So as opposed to you see monsters of the size, and this was probably the coolest aspect that I – it's like reading the Harry Potter books, and you don't see the wizards like really go at it. It's not really truly described in you know like action sequence fashion until you're watching the movies. And I remember watching Order of the Phoenix when the Order of the Phoenix arrives in the Department of Mysteries, and they start fighting the Death Eaters. That was fucking amazing to see actual wizard duels – yeah. Like all taking place as an actual battle. Witcher is very much the same in the way that you see Geralt, who is a badass, fighting off monster after monster. And you're like, yeah, because he's a badass. But by the end of The Witcher, you've got multiple Witchers in a room fighting big, big, big monsters. And they're not immediately being annihilated. They put up a fight, and that's what Witchers do. They kill monsters. That's what they were really, literally created for was when monsters were literally ruling the fucking continent they were on. Right. And a big problem. So by the end of the season, you get to see all these witchers in full form. They're all lining up, taking their potions, and you're like, okay, this is something to get riled about. This is exciting. And then really bad monsters come from a portal that you wish they never came from, and it's full-on, you know, witcher versus – it's. it was very cool in the way that, like, Chronicles of Narnia, um, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, the, the live-action one that came out, like, okay. a decade and a half ago. Yeah. Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Those were very cool in that way. Okay. So um, I definitely found Witcher Season 2 to be worth watching. All right. By the end. A little bit of a slow crawl. First season, I've already said, way super slow crawl. I got to finish. I got to finish it. I got to go back to it. Yeah. Watch it some more. 
Um, I've been watching Boba Fett season five. If you guys haven't been watching Boba Fett and you just said you've been up to, you've basically got through season three, season five just aired on Wednesday. Now is the time to start watching it and -hmm. getting caught up. It is getting to a point here where what I've been hoping is going to happen a long time. There's a lot of things that involve bounty hunters that a lot of people have wanted to see for a long time. Um, episode three already already satisfied a really big itch for me growing up watching star wars good good good. when i saw that i was like yes 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 season four um should also be similar okay season five you won't see coming from for sorry episode five thank you episode five you won't see coming for miles Okay. Um, and I just couldn't shut the fuck up about it. I, it's, it was like the, um, a guy put it on Reddit, just the best. He said, you know, like spoiler, it wasn't even a spoiler thing, but it was like me every five minutes watching episode five. And it was Leonardo DiCaprio and once upon a time in Hollywood pointing at the screen going like, I know them, I know them, I know that, I know this. Um, and episode five really hit its stride. Um, looking forward to having a book of Boba Fett podcast with you because just of the way that kind of all came together in what episode five actually was because it was a hard left turn all right with the same destination but it's still a hard left turn um and the way they're kind of building up is that six and seven is going to really i think episode six and seven are going to very strongly fulfill a need that a lot of people have had since empire strikes back cool yes all right so my bam um I'm down. That being said, and even if you guess that, it hasn't happened yet. I think it's going to happen. Okay. Furthermore, Ozark. I finished the first half of season four. Um, It is definitely, it was, they did a good job of breaking it up the first and second halves of the season. I was really worried they were just splitting it up for kicks and that the pacing was just going to be like, why did they split these in half? Why did I watch this? It was very much a part A or sorry, part one of part two sort of thing. Um, okay. Very effectively. So you know it's the first half of a whole, and it puts some things in motion for Ozark that I think are going to make the finale very, very, very interesting. Neat. It's hard to talk about shows you can't spoil them. But right. I haven't Ozark. seen any of Ozark, so. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, for those of you who know, it's bas- it's a very much more straightforward Breaking Bad, where it's a lot less like, oh, man, we kind of have to hide who we are, and a lot more of like, um, the I mean, the he literally teaches his son how to launder money when his son takes an interest in it. So his son starts running computers to nice. help launder money, things like that. Meanwhile, his son is literally like 10, 12 yeah. through 16 by the Best end of the season. By the end of the series, stuff like that. So it's the inner start them early. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's that's the kind of the fun and magic of it is seeing these characters and how they get embroiled and the way their lives get turned upside down by just literally someone moving into town. Yeah, that actress that plays Ruth, Julie Bowen, Julia Bowen, she's fucking phenomenal, dude. Is she the is she the curly haired blonde? Yeah, eldest daughter. Yeah, she was really good in the Americans. Oh, she was. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to. I'm going straight to the Americans after this now. You haven't seen the Americans? I saw a little. I started watching the first half. Holy, I've seen like the first half of season one. Holy fuck, dude. I need to. Keep, you want to talk going. about a show that goes fucking running at season three? Okay. I mean, at season midway through season two, you're already just kind of like, I'm in. I'm fully invested. And then when season <clears> three hits, you're just like, fuck, take me. Take me along. We're, okay. We're running. We're, I'm here. we're going with this. I'm here it's, for it. I I love that show. That's one that I would go back and watch from the beginning again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely one of those. Okay. 
So I'll I'll do that. I don't know if it'll be before or after a rewatch of Mad Men because I've been hankering for Mad Men. Don't don't ask me why. I just have been I, wanting to see it. I think ever since watching uh, Handmaid's Tale. I get that. Elizabeth Moss. I can get that. I was just kind of like, man, you know, I feel like I went through it really fast at a time I wasn't thinking critically about television or TV. There's, there was, <clears throat> there's one thing that keeps pulling me back to Mad Men, and I'll, I will tell you that I've looped the entire series thrice oh, okay. so far. Okay. The entirety, and I mean, it's like what eight seasons? Six. Six. Okay. Six with a double double end season. Right. So, I've looped all the way through it three times. And there's a big, big kicker that keeps me coming back. Watching a man who literally cheats on January Jones once an episode and wondering how the fuck a man can cheat on January <laughs> Jones that much. No, that, no, that, that was my I first get. guess. That was my first guess. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that I get. No, um, <laughs> no, that truly terrible people being successful, There's there's words of wisdom there. There are things to learn from terrible people based on their success. Cool. So, I mean, there's like there are things that have stuck with me about Mad Men that I will continue to go back to and just they they live rent free right in the head. Yeah. And one of the big ones is um, there's a point in the one of the seasons where there's a copywriter that is just ripping on Don Draper, just like. Your life is shit. Your life is like, should be amazing. You're making this money. You're doing this. You have this life and you are just shitting on all of it. And I sit there and lay awake thinking about how you are just fucking up this golden life that you have. And Don Draper turns and looks at the guy and goes, I don't think of you at all. <laughs> and it's like, holy yeah. fuck that. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, that's, wasn't it Peter who was telling him? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, Peter, it, who secretly wanted to be Don Draper. No, no, it wasn't Peter. It was a copywriter. It was um, Gershwin. Okay, yeah, yeah, the guy that was like that went crazy because of the computer. Uh, nearly, uh, all right, mild spoilers for Mad Men, but uh, you know what? If you haven't watched it by now, you're not gonna. Anyway, so, <laughs> uh, but he he was looking up to Don Draper because Don Draper was like the head of creative, and this guy's wanting to be creative team. Yeah. And so he's sitting there talking to Don about how he lays awake thinking about him. Don's like, I never think of you ever. And it's like, okay, well, there's there's a pretty powerful statement there. Like, yes. don't spend so much time worrying about someone else's shit that you lose sight of your own. Yes. And it's like, okay. No, it's, it's there's a reason Mad Men it, went on as long as it did. Yeah, and, I, and as, I mean, it's, it's profound, and every person in it is horrible. <laughs> Everyone in it is a horrible yes. person. Yes. Even Peggy, a little bit. Oh, yeah. Peggy's very shitty. Peggy was ready to fuck anyone to get that job. Exactly. Yeah, anyone. Well, and she, I mean, she was. She was. But the, you're still the, rooting for her. Yeah. Well, she was the female version of Don Draper. And she was. We watched her become that version. Yes. We watched her become Don Draper over time. Yes. It was a good it was good. It was amazing. Great uh, show. Great show. The best show. Um Legend of Vox Machina on Amazon Prime. I watched the first episode. You did watch the first episode. And cool. um a little over half of the second episode. Yes. You're here for it now, aren't you? Well, 
And tell me, me who pre- your favorite episode. Who who is your favorite? Never mind. I know who it is. Who your favorite person is? But let, let me preface this a little bit in that I have not experienced any of Critical Role. For those of you who don't know, um, Legend of Vox Machina is as base is an animated television show based on a very popular podcast called Critical Role, where a bunch of nerdy voice actors get together to play Dungeons and Dragons. These are voice actors who are so popular, you've probably heard all of them in the fucking hundreds of voice works they've done in um animation being anime um some movies if you've seen avengers you've seen ashley johnson and um the uh uh, uh and video games lots of video games oh yeah so. yeah no I, i'm listening <clears throat> i'm watching it i'm like i know these voices yes, i know all yes. of these voices it's it's even uh, even in the the most weird profound ways that you've like heard these people is like my very first favorite anime character kid trunks uh, from Dragon Ball Z. That's the first one I identified. I was like, he's got pink hair and a big old fucking sword. Fuck yeah, he's so cool. Yeah. Voiced by, that was Laura Bailey's very first voice role. Was yeah. Kid Trunks. Nice. I was like, whoa. Nice. <laughs> this is, so um, they funded a Kickstarter. They made a big old, big old following because the, them playing D&D is the funniest shit. Yeah. The best shit. They all, they click together super well. They are like literally the epitome of a awesome D&D group. Since they're voice actors, they have no no issues acting, role-playing in a room, being dorky yeah. with each other, just letting their emotions out and being real people with each other. And um, they, they, you know, are good at working together and knowing that what they're doing is the coolest shit and having confidence in that and letting go while they do it. That's why their show got so good. They started a Kickstarter um, 2018, I think. Right. They said we want to make it into an animated show, so they they were like we would like to raise. I think it was like five hundred thousand, or maybe a million. There was five million. Right. And not only that, but the five million got them their first season, and then Amazon um, picked them up for a second season. Nice. Hence the reason it's all on Amazon Prime. Right. Which I highly suggest you guys all go watch now. Yes. And uh, friend of the show, Steve. Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. Um, we know you're here. Got the uh, love you, Steve. As a big fan of Critical Role, and he got a mm-hmm. uh, advance viewing of oh he did yes oh he, i bet he subscribed to the kickstarter yeah yeah so as a subscriber to the kickstarter he was able to see it beforehand and he was like i'll let you guys know what i think and then a couple hours later he's like i cannot wait for you guys to see this show when it drops <laughs> oh my god is it amazing this is going to be the greatest thing ever and i was like okay you know so i should be checking out for this Steve box to be that now. excited about exactly it. yeah now keeping in mind <clears throat> that i have never seen or heard critical role yet i have met a little over half of them because of working comic-con yes true so yeah you did i yeah. did i did meet matt mercer and in fact i heisted a water bottle that he was using or was under his table yes and gave it to our friend brian yes because i was like this may or may not have matt mercer's dna in it. i have no idea yes but have fun with this but make sure you don't wash it and ingest any amount of saliva that might be dried on the rim of this exactly yes we need this for cloning later anyway so, I haven't watched any Critical Role, haven't heard any Critical Role, and when I went into this show essentially blind, I was like, it's like somebody animated a D&D yes. session. Yes. That's it. Somebody took the, the D&D session, removed all of the DM stuff, and turned that into scene setting, and uh-huh. then animated it and slapped it on Amazon. That's exactly what it is, and it's, I'm here for it. It's great. It's awesome. There's a gnome bard that will be everyone's favorite. Mm-hmm. It should be everyone's favorite because he will literally fuck everything. 
He says so. He says he that. Said, he literally says, this it is, is my songs. goal. We all have goals. You want to find your past. You want to do this. I want to have sex with everyone in the nation. Uh, yes. Yes. He's, and <laughs> this is the heart and soul of his music that he is using in battle. It's all about getting laid. It's amazing. You have not even heard. Nope. I mean, you haven't, no. you haven't seen season three yet. No. His cod piece is a disco ball. I'm sure it is. <laughs> And the song he sings is James Brown. Nice themed. What he does in the um, what he did in the in the campaign. They're on their third season, their third campaign now, essentially, right. um, with their actual show, which just started. If you guys are li- if you like Fox Mock and you want to get into it, but you can't, you know, sit down or you know have the time to watch a hundred and twenty plus three hour to three to four hour episodes of people playing D anD D. The third one just started. You could start at the beginning and you know be caught up. As it goes along, I've been listening to the third season. Very good. Yeah. Um. And Sam Regal, the actor who plays Scanlan, yeah. the Bard, his new character is equally as his characters are always f- fucking amazing. He wasn't the MVP in season two, but he um is definitely making his way to MVP season three. Nice. He's arguing with another very creative um character that was made by Matt Mercer's wife. Excellent. Um, so that being said. Um. I, yeah, I can't wait for more episodes of this. Um. I love the dichotomy of the crew. It's just a great example of what happens when you let even people who might not be the directors, might not be the writers, might not be you know what I mean. Um. The the best of the or the the people who set out to do these things creatively, they they really started as voice actors, but now they're being let given creative reign to make their own thing to show their friendship through what they do. Yeah, it's an inspiration. That's what I. That's what I think. You know, like. Yeah we do with this show a little bit is, yeah. you know, show off the way our dichotomy works, the way we talk to each other. And, um, the reason things like that can be so entertaining to yeah. watch. Well, and I mean, when you were telling me that I should be watching it and everything, I was like, well, I, I and I asked you, I was like, is it a, like a D and D version of invincible? Because if that's true, then I just got harder than Chinese algebra. Yes. And we're there. Yes. I mean, th- th- this is a D&D version of Invincible. The animation style is very similar. The plot thread is very, very similar. There's this sinister element and just, yeah, yes. it's D&D, but in an Invincible style, and I'm here yes. for it. I'm loving yes. it. I'm digging it. And if you guys need a fix in between, go uh, watch Critical Role on Twitch.tv slash Critical Role because those people are amazing. Um, I've learned so much about, like, done being a dm from matt mercer just listening to that show yeah how to be a good character or a good player just listening to the other players vibe off of each other say the funniest shit yeah grog oh my god (laughs) you want to see the most epic um 20s rolled ever (laughs) you will you need to watch the first season of critical role because there's some shit there is some shit i will anyways um gotta move on from that i asked you to do something this morning that i have not asked you to do for like months yeah Based on my heartburn, yep. Based on my health issues for a minute that I've since overcome. Yep. Mascafe. Coffee. I asked you to brew a pot of coffee. We haven't drank coffee for a minute. It's been a lot of water for me. Kind of getting my innards calmed while yeah. I while I go through you know the turmoils of uh, living human life. <clears throat> that is because I made the mistake of starting Yellow Jackets at 10 p.m. last night. <laughs> and yes, I stayed awake until 4 a.m. Yes. Watching up through episode six. Yes. Holy shit! Is this show just the most perfect amount of modern lost? Oh. That I needed in my life. Just wait. 
Um, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm getting there. It's Wait. just the perfect amount of like, are these people crazy? Or are there like good reasons for what's happening? <laughs> is 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 this like you know um, an actual thing, or are these people crazy? Is are the things happening in the woods supernatural, or are there uh, um, 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 practical um, explanations for these things? That theme of going through that, all the while getting three questions on top of every answer you get makes for just an amazing mystery thriller show yes. it's exactly what you would what i think it is it i might make it a little bit harsh a little bit harder to go back to lost because lost was on primetime television yeah so you are not going to have the same amount of gore you're not going to have the same amount of um violence or you know um horror tropes you know scary images to see um but the uh, um, the the moral of the story is like this is this is definitely it's exactly what I what I thought it was from the outside is that it is it is definitely um, lost has clearly inspired it um, not to say that I just I haven't seen anything like lost before lost so I don't know what else to compare it to in the way that something happened before mm-hmm. you don't know what it was but we're in real life now and what happened before does not feel like real life. And it really makes the reality of the situation that the characters you're in now that you want to know the past about that much more heinous to kind of discover are these people crazy or are these people, you know, PTSD? Are they dead? Are they not, you know, uh, uh, um, are they the villains? Are they the good guys? Mm -hmm. Are they the what did they do to get where they are? And I think my favorite part about Yellow Jackets is surely the fact that. They make it blatantly clear in the beginning of Yellow Jackets that these girls had to do some animalistic fucking shit in the woods. Mm-hmm. And what it looks like is that, like, these girls went straight up cannibalistic. These high school girls who were literally just going to their soccer nationals mm-hmm. had to do animalistic, crazy fucking shit. Yep. That is how it looks. That is definitely how it looks. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we're b- going to blast through this, I'm sure, tomorrow night and probably finish it. I probably won't go to sleep tomorrow until <laughs> I finish it. Sarah has to work tonight, so I have to wait all night to do it and do that stuff and wait to watch it. But um, I'm really glad I didn't cancel my Scar- Stars uh, subscription after Dexter ended. Yeah. I-, I think it was clearly a strategy of Stars to not cancel um, – to, to not to air Yellow Jackets – beginning as Dexter was ending. Yep. Or simultaneously during. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. It's good shit. It's crazy. It's weird. It's, I don't know what to think. Oh. The mysteries are are thorough. And if you need a fix in between Yellow Jackets, now is the time to watch Lost, in my opinion. You shouldn't make a direct comparison because Lost came out about two decades ago. Right. But it's it's a very good, it's a very good, you know, figuring out how things are happening how is this person alive here when they're supposed to be dead how is this person dead but they're also alive in the future that kind of confusion and the way you're waiting to see the timeline come together is very very thorough and very yeah so i have a feeling it'll be a lot more like lost by the end of it but you know lost was basically my favorite show of all time up until breaking bad so okay I think there was a magic to loss that hasn't been captured again until Yellow Jackets. Okay. That's where we're at now. All right. Did you play any interesting video games? I've been playing 
Yeah, a couple games. I played um, the one game that I've been playing a lot recently. Is Gears of War. Gears of War. I made you download it. You made me download it. Well, right after the podcast, we talked about your new Xbox. We yeah. were, we went out there. I was I was like, I need to play with your Series X. You're like, go for it, and we do. And I take you to the Game Pass page. Yep. And you educate me on the Game Pass, and I'm like, oh holy fuck, this is <laughs> this is amazing. This is spectacular. All right, cool. I, there's so many games I can play. All these games, mm-hmm. all these games are available for me to play. And I, I can sh- play them all. And then I show you like the seven fucking Gears of War titles. Yeah, <laughs> you know I'm like. And then you show me the the large, just this huge epic list of you know. And then there's Mass Effect that I had just bought for the PlayStation. Yeah. And I see it in the Game Pass <laughs> section or the Xbox, and I'm like, well, <laughs> so I got that going for me, which is nice. <laughs> Now, I've been playing Gears of War on my Elite 2 controller. Yes. I don't know that I'm going to be able to play it on the regular controller. No? I have been abusing the shit out of the paddles. Yes! In this game. Yes! So I am like... Are you using the paddles for cover? I am using them for cover and picking up more ammo. Yes! And so that is the main thing that I'm just like... That's I'm like, all right, I prefer Borderlands 2, of course, but at least I can cover and pick stuff up at the same time uh-huh. because of these paddles. Yes. And um, the paddles, ba- paddles on a controller will change your life. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. amazing, especially in games like this. Yes. And um, uh, the AI is irritating. It is just so fucking irritating. I'm going around with Dom, and I've got this one... I'm at this one point in this one mission where I have to blow up a berserker with the Hammer of Dawn. So, for those of you not understanding what I'm saying about this in Gears of War, go play fucking Gears of War so you'll understand. Anyway. A lot of people probably already have. This is exactly. the, the original definitive cover shooter. Right. Yeah. So, I appreciate that it's third person as yeah. well. Yeah. So I don't How know. is roadie running for you? That's what I'm most concerned about for you. The what? Roadie running. When you hold down your... And it get, uh, the camera gets really close to, close to the ground and it shakes because you're yeah, close up on the person. Yeah, it's a bit rough. Okay, that's what it's I thought. It's a bit rough. So yeah. I just kind of... I do it in spurts. I can't go run for a while because it's like, oh, okay, yeah. we got to back off a bit mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm sitting there and I'm trying to blow this berserker up in the middle of a courtyard. Yes. And I've got that... I've got a trained on him. It's, it's gear up. It's... And then here comes Dom walking through the fucking beam. And I'm like, and then you're blowing cover, you piece of shit. What are you doing? (laughs) And then the berserker throws him and fist pounds him. And then and states your game and states my game. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, dude, take cover. I'm trying to blow this shit up. And you are just standing there like, hey, look at that. I wonder if I can put my finger in its butt. It's like, what are you doing, Dom? Get the fuck out of the way. That's the thing about, you know, co-op AI is that, like, you have AI that's really designed to be, at least in these games, they're very much designed to have someone playing with you. Right. Straight up, plain and simple. Which, um, if you're playing, you can always let me know. I can fire up my Xbox and hop on with you. I have all these games. Right. But, like, that's the thing that sucks about, like, co-op games is that if you don't have someone to play with the ai in their place generally is just absolute horseshit yeah 
for that reason. And that's something that can really suck. Even up to, frankly, Gears of War 5, I had an issue where I literally called Brian over from across the street and said, I can't get through the sequence because the robot Jack is is taking a you know explosive bomb I need to power a vehicle through a crowd of my fucking enemies. Right. And blowing up and then end stating my game. Yeah. And I'm like, he won't fucking stop ending my game. It is just shitty AI. Right. So these things go hand in hand. Still, not will never be nearly as bad as Resident Evil 5's co-op AI. I'm sure. Because in Resident Evil, survival horror, right? right. So you need to preserve ammo. Yep. And then you, you go and you give ammo to your co-op partner. Because they just burn through all they of They just burn. <laughs> 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 I got like, nothing. Get in your way. There's a guy yeah. who's going to kill you in one hit, just like your shit with the fucking berserker. You know, yeah. there's a chainsaw guy coming at you, and they'll literally, your co-op partner will just walk up next to him, try to shoot him, then they get their head chopped off. That's one misgiving of the best co-op shooters. Right. So, but um, I, I don't think it's always as bad throughout the games. And Gears of War 2 is a phenomenal sequel. Joe and I are hoping, we've been crossing our fe- our fingers for a, for a remaster of some kind. And we, nice. we really hope we get one this year. Well, and I figured out how to get Dom out of the way and make him do what I want him to do. Yeah. Shoot him. Every time I've shot him, he has gone and taken cover and covered me. Wow. Every time. Wow. And he's like, and I'm. And I'm just like, get out of the fucking way. Get out of the fucking way. Get out of the fucking way or I'll shoot you myself. So then I shoot him. Yes. And then he makes his comment of, hey, I'm down here. And then takes cover. And I'm like, thank you. Get out of the fucking way. Oh, jeez. And then when I have to reload, pop out and shoot at them. Great. (laughs) That's where we're at. And all I got to do is shoot him. So I, I got to the point where after the last time that he and stated my game i shot him he got out of the way switched to the hammer dawn and just pounded the fucking berserker yes, yes. and got through it i was like okay yeah. so now i just got to keep the pistol ready to just fucking cap the guy yes and then he'll get out of the fucking way <laughs> it won't kill him it'll get him out of the way i've never played gears of war by myself so i have no idea what it's like <laughs> to <laughs> oh my God, it's just irritating as shit but um I think I picked the wrong difficulty level. Well, which one did you pick? I think Hardcore? I, I no. I think I picked the Insane? weakest one. Oh, casual. I think I think so because okay. I'm going through hallways and there's nothing. There's no one. Interesting. And I'm like, this is set up for a lot more. Yes. There should be a lot more enemies here, and there aren't. So I'm just like, I think I picked the wrong game state. I pick the wrong difficulty yeah. level because I'm not seeing near as many enemies mm-hmm. as I feel like I should. Yeah. However, there is one point where I'm like, I, I got so focused on killing these enemies and I got a limited amount of time to get to a, uh, APC. And so I'm sitting there trying to kill these enemies and missing the time, missing the target. Yes. And I'm like, why am I, I should be able to do this. I should be able to do this. And like eight times, this I, the game has ended because I ran out of time. To the point where I was just like, okay, fuck this. I'm not killing anything. I'm just going to run. Mm, okay. And then I ran through it and made it fine. Interesting. Yeah. There are sequences like that, I think. Yeah. Where I, I it's like I'm just <clears throat> getting shot at by all these like, there are straight up like Listen, escape moments, you know. Yeah, there's like the these missiles and just like all these troops firing at me, and I'm just like, I have to thin this out. And then I'm like, no, I don't. I need to get through this shit. 
That's so the fun part. I just get cover bay shooter. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can dodge it all. You can get to your escape if you need to. Yeah. So. So that was that was a fun <clears throat> bit where I was just like, okay, I just need to run through. Cool. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. right. So now I'm at that point. Hell yeah. That being said, I don't think this is a game that I'm going to go back and play over and over. That's no, that makes sense. It's it's you know it's got to hit the right. You know, I think it might float your boat a little bit better on a harder difficulty. But it's also, I think casual difficulty for you was the right choice as it applies to Gears of War because you really haven't played any cover shooters up to this point. Um, Not at least this one. This one influenced a lot of the other cover shooter games. Okay. And just in the way you can run up, you can blind fire over the edge. You can, yeah. I mean, you know, getting close enough with a Nasher around a corner. You, I mean, you, you, you like that Nasher? Shotgun? Oh, I hate it, shotguns. Just I never like, use them. What? I never use shotguns. Th- you, it, here's the deal. Except for the one that fires explosive swords. Swords, right. Um, from Borderlands. From Tiny Borderlands. But otherwise, um, I don't use shotguns. Tiny Tina's Keep is going to be a the one-off free version game that they made is going to be free on PS Plus next month. Sweet. Yes. So you don't have to play the entire game to get to it. Um, not that you ever had to. You could always just choose the DLC, but you might be a low-level character. Irregardless, um, I'm not here to talk about that. Uh, the the, uh, the deal, like, Nashers are... A, here's the deal. Like, the biggest thing with Gears of War is, like, it might not have a wide variety of guns. By now, they kind of do. They have a lot of wide, wide variety of guns because they're into their, like, fifth iteration. Right. Um, which is actually the sixth game. The... Um, the Nasher, I've never had more fun in a shotgun in a video game in my life. And you'll kind of figure out why. Next time one comes up on you in cover and starts shooting over, mm. just Nasher. You'll never see chunks like you've seen. <laughs> <laughs> then using the Nasher. Joe and I, um, when Gears of War 3 came out, probably one of the most exciting points in our friendship in our life is because we were waiting for Gears of War 3 to come out. And they had some really cool, they had a new um, version called the Sawed-Off Shotgun had a much wider range still obliterated um and could obliterate like three people in a row it was a very wide reticle and we ended up on the there's a special mode called wingman which is five teams of two okay and you have to basically keep each other's back okay we were uh we were in the top thousand on the leaderboards nice at launch we had a strategy on the, you know, and for the first place is being having played Gears two together so much and Gears one together so much. We were just on our fucking a game. Right. The fun part was when they came out with the new shotgun. When you start multiplayer in Gears of War, you generally have your chainsaw lancer. By the way, how do you like chainsawing your enemies? Yeah, I find it challenging. I don't know that I know the gameplay well enough to actually chainsaw my enemies. You can't just run through a straight up battle. You got to wait until they're flanking too close. And right. Turn well, even when they come up at me and I'm sitting there revving the chainsaw, they never like swing. They, it, he never swings at them. Oh, you got to get up in there. You got to, and then as soon as you're touching them, yeah, I still find it challenging. Interesting. Like I have. Do they locusts. do they flinch you? Do like, they flinch I'll, you while you're running up at them? I'm not running up at them. I'm sitting there revving my chainsaw, and then these wretches will come pouncing on. Oh, me. you can't really chainsaw a lot of wretches at once. Those are lo- like the 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 wretches come in like groups, and that the point of them is to like take them out quickly, right? But I'm talking about like a drone, a soldier, a normal soldier. Those ones you'll chainsaw a lot more than anyone else. Okay, well, no, I'm I find myself going to the chainsaw whenever it's too close, whenever it's close combat. Now, it's st- just based on the way I play. I'm a range combatant. 
I'm getting mm-hmm. up high and I am sniping as much as I possibly can. Have you gotten a turk bow yet? <laughs> yes, I yes, have. You have. Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> I was like, you can guess my favorite weapon in this fucking <laughs> game if you've ha- ever shot the torque bow. <laughs> yes. That is the best fucking. Uh, oh, yeah. Like I got I got one from a distance and I'm like, oh, it's it's stuck to him. And he ran over to his buddies and they all blew up. I was like. Oh, this is amazing. oh my god! This is if you can pull off a good snipe with a torque bow, that is a big fucking deal. Oh yeah. Um, but I'll I'll talk about the torque bow in a second before I get off the conversation of like the new weapons and the shotguns. And wingman, we got to a point where um, in the loadouts you can have your lancer. That's where I got off track. Wanted right. to know about what you thought of the chainsaw, and then a shotgun of choice. Okay. Or a hammer burst of choice. Hammer burst is the drone weapon or the locust weapon, but you could choose between the two. And what we would do is go in with sawed-off shotguns, which were not popular at all because while they had a wide range and it was a lot, it was pretty easy to hit, you would have to be pretty dead on to get a kill. Right. In that wide range. And pretty close. Yeah. And it only had two shots. Right. Per um, magazine. So when you fire those off, your enemies think it's go time and run with their gnashers, which up close do more range because they're choked. You know what I mean? Right. And can obliterate. Yeah. What we would do is get our first kills, switch out our Lancer with a normal Nasher. So we're in a mm. showdown with a couple of people. We'd both blow our blow our sawed offs, both shots. They'd see us waste our ammo and think, wow, it's going to take them a second to reload, run up on us. Yeah. They're like, they can't lance us up close. Joke's on them. We're not lashing. We're, we're gnashing. Yeah. <laughs> so they would run up on us and get the surprise of their fucking lives <laughs> when we actually have two shotguns to pop. Pop. We pissed off so many people just nice. doing the old switcheroo, and it was <laughs> fucking amazing. It's like it, the most fun I've had playing multiplayer games ever. Nice. Um, but the torque bow, one of my best kills in multiplayer, was um, on either side of my map. It's a train station where one area is elevated, and each multiplayer match, they put a sniper on one end, torque bow on one end, boomer on one end, um, things like that. Yeah. Um, and make you basically race for the power weapons. And there was a person on the other side of the map. Um, hiding from me while I was using my pinpoint accuracy of torque bow. Right. I I uh, uh, blew his head off with a pinpoint torque bow from the opposite side of the map about 300 feet. Nice. One of my best kills while he was in cover. Nice. I was like, how did I do that? <laughs> I, I know it's recorded somewhere. I have to find it. Nice. One of these days I'll find it. I made my way <laughs> through securing the, um, the mine. Mm-hmm. The bomb. Yeah. Yep. You know, securing where we were placing the resonator and everything. I made my way through that with the torque bow and the pistol and did not waste a shot. To where when I got on the elevator, I had like seven torque bow shots. Ooh. Yeah. I got really fucking good with the torque bow really fucking quick. Yeah. And I, because I learned how it was, okay, this is, if I hold it too long, it's going to release. I've got to time it just right. Boom. Okay. I nailed that guy. He's about to run. Okay, he blew up three of his friends. I like this. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. now I'm going to run up with the pistol and cap, cap, cap. Oh, mm-hmm. there's a guy hiding over there. Back to the torque bow. All right, he's about to dip out. Boom. All right, now he look, he's going to blow up two of his friends. This is going to be fun. Torque bow is the best. Torque bow and the pistol just running around. It was. It was uh, wait till you get the magnum pistol. It now. was great. It was great. Good magnum times. pistol. There's I like a my Boltock pistol. Oh, yeah, that is what you're using. Okay, yeah, no, no, I'm no, using no, no. My Boltock, yeah. Okay, yes, no, Boltock is where it's at. It's pretty dope. I'm yes. digging it. So. Fr- frankly, if you go, maybe not so much in campaign, but um, in the campaign, you can give up the Nasher if you want. Nasher is a necessity in multiplayer. 
Okay. Absolute necessity, but I mean, I don't foresee you playing multiplayer, really. Anyway, but I've said it before. I'll maybe say it again. Got, maybe if I got good enough at it, maybe. I yeah. Don't know, but I know the newest games. The newest games iteration is not so good. But something that's really fun that I look forward to doing with you one day is that the second, third, and fourth, and fifth game in, introduced a new game mode. Game mode. It's called Horde. Okay. Where um, in the second game you would there were boomers with their big maces and big shields. Okay. Like battery shields. You would actually get the shield and you could plant it in the ground for fortifications. Nice. Which gave the the designers fucking love that. Give them the idea. In the third and fourth, you actually get to build fortifications. Sweet. While you fight off hordes and hordes of locusts. Excellent. You and a team of five get to play. Nice. You have to survive fifty waves, and boy, does it feel good to survive. <laughs> yeah. I played so much horde mode in Gears of War Four. It's not even funny. Nice. Yeah. How, do you get ammo drops or something? Is, like, how do you survive um, that many waves? You get points while you kill them. Okay. And then, don't surviving fifty fucking waves in Gears of War Two was a fucking nightmare. I'm sure. <laughs> I will say it straight up right now. We did it a couple of times, not nearly as much in three and four because. In those, you get points and you get to build fortifications. You get to buy your weapons. You get to set up a home base somewhere on the map. And you get to go out and buy your shit. Okay. And that's all fun. Good and fine and dandy. Um, in the fourth one, they had classes where one person is an, person is an engineer. You can fix and fix up um, things. You can build turrets. You can build all kinds of shit. Nice. So it's um, definitely grown as it's gone along. And it gets really fun the further you go. Five was a step in the opposite direction, unfortunately. Okay. For the horde mode and and for multiplayer, um, they they limited it a lot in terms of trying to balance and create an interesting you know game style. Right. Um, did I have barely played it? Gears, okay. Gears Five, based on the steps back, one okay. step forward, two steps back, kind of thing. All right, I can see that. So, I'm yeah, like I said, I because I like it. I'm not in uh-huh. love with it. Yeah. And, you know, when we'll I get, get through it and everything, if I I will once I get through the campaign, yes, I, I would like to try the multiplayer like once or twice. Okay. See how that goes. Well, see if I j- find that more enjoyable. Get me and Joe on with you. We'll we'll keep you alive. All right. Is that mainly what you played? Pretty much. Yeah. Anything else? I finally beat Skyward Sword. Nice. It took a fucking minute. That nice. game is long. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm about at the end of it. Like I'm. That's what you think. <laughs> I, well, no, I've fought the um, the fucking Harlequin guy, the yes. where's the Motley. Yes. I fought him like twice, and I'm elevating up. So I'm like at the last battle. Okay, you are at the very last battle. You're right. right. I just am not. I don't know if I'm not a Zelda guy or like what it is, but all the cutscenes, all the <laughs> chatty chatting through the fact that I have to go all the way back to town to get potions because if you're defeated and you use your potions in that battle, it does not restart you with your potions, which I think is absolute fucking horseshit. If I'm restarting, why are you starting me with nothing? Because you used hate them. that shit. I you hate that them. shit. Is it part of the gameplay that you're reborn? I could understand it if it was in something like Bioshock where it is literally worked in to the story that you are respawning your whole body again, but it is everything is going to remain the same. If I go back in and I have to if I had the same have the exact same fucking cutscene conversation with a boss every single time I go in, I should get to be able to go in with the same exact fucking items. Every time, because if you make it harder while forcing me to sit through a fucking cutscene conversation, by golly, 
you are wasting my fucking time and disrespectfully. Somebody's not reloading his save. <laughs> I say that's the key. I, well, but that's the thing. You do, you do at the end of the game, you do two hours of fucking gameplay with save points that don't let you go to the sky. That's... Where you go to Skyloft and you reload your fucking potions. No, I didn't reload the save because that was two hours of gameplay. So I had to walk all the way back up to the fucking main hub. I had to go back in time to the to the fucking future. Go back into the sky and slowly fly back to my fucking island. Where I bought the potions. Came all the way back. Went back through the portal. Had to do all the skydiving again. Had to go all the way down to the fucking bottom. Save there again. I had to do fucking 45 minutes of gameplay to go back into the boss fight with the same preparations I had because I tried several times, several times with half a fucking bar of health. Use my potions, didn't go so well. I come back, it restarts me with a half a bar of health. Doesn't give me back my potions! <laughs> this is fucked, Rich! It is fucked! They call it a fucking uh, Skyward Sword HD. <laughs> It is not HD. That was... what We fixed the controls. Yeah, but you didn't fix the fucking game. Dipshits. Jesus Christ, that pissed me off. I was so mad. See? I don't think you want to go back and play Ocarina of Time. Shut the fuck up. You definitely don't want to play Ocarina of Time. It's my next one. It's the next one. Uh, I'm gonna play, I'll, I'll play plenty of other games before I do that. Don't go back to... You will not enjoy Ocarina of Time. I won't. If if he irritated you... Navi. If Navi yeah. is hey. so much worse than Fee, if um, I you're irritated by having to buy more potions, yeah, you're not going to have fun with Ocarina of Time. Ugh, probably not. It's my goal. If I can, if I can play fucking Witcher for seventy hours. Now, I will say that if you get really, really, really good at Ocarina of Time, those won't be issues for you. Okay. The only issue that will remain is Navi will still be trying to get your attention at the worst fucking possible times, and be very, very insistent about it. That's the biggest gripe. Well, Ocarina of Time was agreed upon to be the best video game of all time up until Resident Evil 4 came out, and now it sits at number two at most every list. So right. I'm just kind of in an opinion now where I'm just kind of like, you know what, I'll – I have to play it eventually. You know what I mean? I can't really call myself like you know an ultra gamer, which right. I would like to think of myself as, and I could probably still argue I am, but I still need to play Ocarina of Time. More I highly suggest you take the time to do the grind. <clears throat> do the grind. Got it. Oh, build up the armor, get more hearts. No, no, no. Just play it over and o play the same bits over and over and over and over again because that will help in later battles to where it will become oh. second nature. Oh. To, oh, you know what? I have to I have to do this quest again. I have to do this again. I have to learn how to shoot from the back of a horse again. So you're saying I need as to... As opposed okay. to I spent... Three and a half fucking hours getting really, really, really good at shooting from the back of a horse so that when I get to this point in the game, nobody gives a fuck because boom, 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 they're dead. I'm okay. so fucking good at shooting from the back of a horse. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. I might actually, I might, just because I like the idea of having it wherever I go, I did buy it on Wii U at one point. I might 
get expansion pack plus on my switch just so i can play it anywhere download it to your 2ds i mean that's an idea too but it's still 40 dollars right not in love with that <laughs> right. you know so right. i mean i might joe I joe mean, has it too hmm. so i mean you know i might just borrow it from him when he's finished with it right hmm. Hmm. what got an idea I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Anyway. I have begun to play another game that came out yesterday. Actually, two two days ago. It's called Pokemon Legends Arceus. Arceus! Arceus. It is Arceus. a new open world game we've been asking for forever. Yeah? So far. I think I probably put about five, six hours into it. Yeah? It's phenomenal. Yeah? I love it. It's got a... It is in its own a whole new game also without not being Pokemon very thoroughly. It is, I, w- I have a hard time saying that it is like Pokemon breath of the wild, which some people have made like comparisons to. It is very much open world. It's, we all know that it takes pay, p- place a long, long time ago mm-hmm. in a different region. So much so that Pokeballs have just been invented. It is cheaper to craft them in the wild than it is to buy them. Nice. You are a um, part of a team researching for the very first Pokedex. But in the way they make this very similar to um, kind of the, the, they discovered something with Pokemon Go that is very addictive, which is you want to catch every Pokemon you find. Yes. Every Pokemon you find. Yes. As opposed to in the normal games, catching every single Pokemon was kind of a waste of time if you were going to try and catch every single one you bumped into, unless it's one you don't have. Or one that is a much higher level than the one you have right now. Correct. They um, create, as soon as you go out, this is the way the gameplay really works that makes it simpler but not smaller. When you open up, you can focus on a Pokemon. You see a Bidoof walking out in the open. You press down on the D-pad. It opens up your Pokedex selections, which has a list of how many you've caught. You need to catch 25 to complete your Pokedex entry. You need to um, defeat 25 in battle to complete your entry you need to sleep some of them you need to see their quick attack a certain amount of times and you need to cap- capture particularly heavy ones you need to um evolve a certain amount of them okay so suddenly you have a long list of fucking things to accomplish and get done Meanwhile, no wait all those actions were on one bidoof one bidoof oh god that seems taxing all right it does seem taxing we already do it in pokemon go but these are still side quest aspects. If you want more money, you can get gifted Pokeballs, all kinds of things. But it's that same kind of addictive gameplay that, like, I found in, for instance, Persona 5. The, okay. the tedious day-to-day when I wasn't doing dungeons in the RPG battles was fucking fun. Because I was getting more potions. I was getting more items. I was getting more power-ups. I was getting things that were going to apply. Right. Later on, so while I find these things, I'm getting bonuses, I'm doing, so um, right now I have to complete all of my Starly entries, which is catching them while hidden. You can hide in tall grass. Some Pokemon, super easy to catch. Bidoof, you hit them with a Pokemon, sometimes they still escape. Yeah. But it all happens, you don't have to engage in battle with them every single time. You see them from afar and they don't see you, bloop, shoot it up. Your little Pokeball sends up a little firework. If you catch them, they zip, zip to your pocket. Nice. I throw a Pokeball, I walk away to the next one to throw a Pokeball. Nice. I see a tree with berries on it. I um, hit X to switch from my items to my list of Pokemon 
which is in my little reticle. I just switch to my Pokemon, throw the Pokemon at the tree. They ram the tree and get the berries. I'm already gone throwing another Pokeball, but they zap back to my pocket with my berries. Nice. So the gameplay, the pace of the gameplay and the design of it, addictive and fucking it's the, the fun thing about games these days is getting things done what is generally tedious in the original Pokemon games, and this is what I think really makes these Pokemon, this new iteration of Pokemon, so fucking phenomenally like a a breath of fresh air, Mm -hmm. is that the pace is so much faster. You see a, a Pokemon, you don't catch it, it gets pissed off and it sees you and it starts charging you, you dodge out of the way, you throw your Pokemon out. It becomes a Pokemon battle. But you don't have to enter a now you can hit the fight button <laughs> now you can f- throw a pokeball you can throw a pokeball before they even fucking see you nice what's more is if you see something that you know you'll have to fight some pokemon are angrier than others they're not going to get caught in their pokeball and when they do pop out they're going to fucking attack you that's fine you figure out who these pokemon are so there's a you know weasels that are a problem for me on the beach so i sneak up behind them when i hit them from behind with my pokeball mm-hmm. you get a round of surprise Nice. And an attack off on them. Nice. This is definitively what Pokemon needed. Okay. To change up the gameplay. They brought in the quick pace and addictive gameplay of Pokemon Go while also still having a vast world of Pokemon. The open areas are not exactly the same as the wild areas that you have in Pokemon Shield. Okay. In the way that, like, you do still see a lot of Pokemon out in the wild. You still see them running around. There is not a large variety off okay. off the bat. You will still have your one areas. You know, I got to my second area, which naturally, nothing but Geodudes and Zubats. Nice. <laughs> right? Which I was like, okay, this is still it. But there were still three Geodudes I was able to speed capture from a distance. Still saw my Zubat in the air. I was able to hide and throw my, my ball at it before it saw me and attacked. Things like this. Nice. So they also have items on them like the Apricorns that you need to create your Pokeballs. Yeah. Things like that. So as I'm using Pokeballs faster than I've ever used Pokeballs before, I probably use more Pokeballs in a fucking uh, uh, two-hour sitting of my first open area in Pokemon Arceus than I did the entirety of Shining Pearl. <laughs> like, nice. <laughs> that is the piece of the game. That okay. is the purpose of the game. Um, so they opened it up to, in my opinion, as far as gameplay design is concerned – incredibly it's a it's a massive evolution if you will dig it yes so i'll have to keep going graphics wise it is not i don't call it breath of the wild because it it does not nearly have the verticality it does not nearly have the size of the entire world with it but i still think that it is um highly impressive what they've done if you're there for the graphics why play nintendo switch (laughs) <laughs> why don't you go play on your 2000 beefed PC oh you don't have one then shut the fuck up <laughs> if you're gonna bitch about the fucking graphics you dumb 12 year old bitches why does it look like a PS2 game be happy they made us an open world Pokemon I don't think anyone has ever bitched about the graphics on a Nintendo game unless it was one that was also available on Xbox or Playstation that's not entirely true. There's a large, large negative fan base. You're very good at dodging negativity on the internet I guess yourself, so. or at least not seeing it when it's there in the same way that you can, you know, follow literally two political parties just to see what they're both saying. Right. People are bitching. 
there are people, a decent amount of people at least taking to Twitter. And who knows, maybe it's 10 people, but it gets blasted when a social media, you know, or oh, like yeah. a news outlet needs clicks. They're right. going to take these 10 people and make it into something bigger than it right. actually is, right? Yeah. That's but, what they do. The extreme 10% get the loudest voice. So I saw a couple tweets before I had the opportunity to start the game where they're they're like, here's, here's Pokemon Arceus right now. And they picked up like this one little tiny corner with an island with nothing on it. And they're like, here's Oblivion in 2006. And they have a wide shot of an island in the distance that has like trees and a castle and all this shit. They're making these vast comparisons to a game that came out on Xbox 360, sure. Right. That's fucking Oblivion. Yeah. That's a whole different engine. That is a whole different style of game. That is a whole different undertaking. You're looking at a video game that is supposed to be comparable to Lord of the Rings in video game form. You know what Pokemon has to fucking compare to? Pokemon. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like Pokemon was a blast and the Pokemon never moved. Like when you encountered a when you encountered a uh, Butterfree in the wild, it looked exactly the same every time. Mm-hmm. You looked at it in your Pokedex. Looks exactly the same. Yes. There is no variation. Mm-mm. So why are you complaining about the graphics in a Nintendo game? Yeah. When it has Nintendo has classically <clears throat> never been about the graphics yeah we said it before and we'll say it again nintendo is not playing the same game that the other game companies are playing neither is game freak in the way that you can complain all day that that you did not get graphics upgrades that this game does not look as good as other games and game freak is laughing at you while they're counting your money exactly you just gave them that's that's it. Bitch. Bitch and cry all you want. It's not <laughs> it's yeah. not the way it is. That being said, you know what I'm not looking for? Well, I'm catching Badoof after Badoof after Starly and oh fuck, there's a Mime Jr. Fuck yeah, I'm catching mm-hmm. him. I am not paying attention to how many trees I can see in the fucking distance. Yeah. Fuck y'all. Y'all like to complain on the internet. Shut the fuck up and enjoy your games. If you're going to be negative, we're going to throw the negativity back at you and make it positive. Because yep. everyone enjoying their Pokemon games are laughing at you. Shut the fuck up, bitches. I do remember somebody bitching about um, Pokemon Black. And they were like, God, this is, you know, they were bitching about something to do with with the actual, like, Pokedex or something in Pokemon Black. And then they mentioned that they also bought Pokemon White. And I'm like, (laughs) exactly. I'm I'm like, you hated it so bad. You bought essentially the same game twice. (laughs) I I mean, mean, for real? Game Freak is laughing at you so hard (laughs) that they cry and then they use their money to dry their tears. uh, Absolutely. (laughs) That's what they did. That's what they've been doing. They were like, you know what? How can we milk more money out of Pokemon? I got it. Yes. Do two of them. (laughs) So, um, so far, I will say, you know, they try to cram as much as they can into the Switch. The the graphical comparisons on that, performance graphically, a little rough. I will not sugarcoat that. There are times where you walk into a bigger city. Jubilife City is the first one you enter. And you walk in, you turn a corner, and there's a lot of people there. Not only are things rendering very quickly, but it causes your frame rate to dip to, to, to a point of stuttering. Which can take you out a little bit to see any game these days doing that. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I got over that when I couldn't play Smash Online <laughs> without having lag in my matches. And matches literally freezing while I'm in the throws of like fucking life and death combat with, you know, right. a, a nine-year-old that severely needs his ass beat online. 
uh, which infuriates me, of course. So, um, you know, just as soon as you let go of the fact that, like, Nintendo does not play the same game with the Switch that PlayStation and Xbox do with their consoles or PC does with Steam, etc., the more you can kind of let go of, okay, this is, you know what the deal is? Is that I am sitting in the doctor's waiting room playing my fucking game. Yep. The difference is I'm waiting, you know, to to pick up the kids for school and I have an extra 10 minutes. I get to catch Pokemon for that 10 minutes. Yeah. Put it away. Do that shit. I'm sitting here waiting for Rich to finish a bag of Legos. <laughs> what did I do, Rich? You pulled out your switch. I pulled out my switch. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm cool. I was like, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm trying to finish this as fast. You know, what what did I do? Fun. But I can't pull. I can't pull my fucking PS5 out of my bag. Nope. I can't pull my Xbox out of my bag. Nope. It's a big deal. This all, you know what I mean? Like it all happens in the way it happens for a reason. So, um, you know, I think it brings up the conversation that Nintendo would probably be smart. Um, and I think at this rate, now that they have their games on lock, they have their their main system on lock. I think now they can start focusing on a powerful game system. That is my first guess is that they're working on a more powerful game system. Something for the people that are bitching about the graphics in the way that they can now make a system that plays a little bit harder. One that you probably leave home for the other crowd of Nintendo fans who are becoming hardcore gamers, who are the ones that have their Xbox. And Nintendo would be smart to, to, to notice and realize a lot of people have their Switch will also have either an Xbox or a PlayStation. Yeah. I think if I just had to make a random guess of like what at what Nintendo is up to right now, I'm willing to bet money that they are working on a more powerful that can run games a little bit stronger. Something to give their devs like Game Freak to make something, you know, I would say that they are working on um, seamless transmission for multiplayer. I think the biggest weakness in Nintendo right now is what you were just saying about Smash, <clears throat> that there's significant lag. I think they're going to be working on a system that will go seamless with the Switch and also with dedicated servers Yeah, that eliminate any multiplayer lag. Yeah. If they're smart, that's what they're doing. Because, let's face it, Nintendo knows what they're doing when it comes to creating fun video games yeah um the thing is that they never had to compete with xbox or playstation no they are their own entity they're like okay you know what you guys can go ahead have your battle about your your uh, online multiplayer you can have your battle about your graphics and everything we are going to sit here and count the money from pokemon mario zelda and metroid it's true so, because we're, you know, now that they've caught up and very quickly, where do they have to go from here, in my opinion? You know, which is, you know, just do, catching up the rest of the way they need to without, because if they immediately tried to catch up in the vein of, you know, like, oh, our consoles need to be stronger and our internet connections need to be, or, you know, our, 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 our um, live service needs to be better. They would have been fixing that while they still don't have games and they're still underselling consoles. They focused on the console that they know everyone would fucking buy, and that was the Switch, and getting games out on it. I think they've finally done that to at least catch up in a way that, like, even Xbox even is not not at that level right now. They they were doing great with Xbox 360. They are not at that level right now. Right. Sony is the only one that has kept at the front of the pack. 
now that they've done that, my next guess is that you're absolutely right. Is fixing not only like, you know, um, coming out with a premium console of some kind that they can, you know, charge the same amount for, run games at a better, you know, level or um, um, all that stuff. But it is a matter of uh, catching up now in the places that are only going to better their products. Yeah. Yes. Which r- reminds me, actually, um, a very v- uh, reliable source who's leaked things in the past that we didn't know about that came to light mm-hmm. were truth. Yeah. Are rumors of Mario Kart 10, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Crossroads. Okay. So, um, Mario and adjacent N- Nintendo IP present as usual. Um, crossover IPs that they can confirm are Animal Kingdom, Advanced War. Um, Animal Kingdom is that what I said? Animal Kingdom. Animal Crossing. Uh, sorry, Animal Crossing. Arms. Balloon Fight. F Zero. Kid Icarus. Splatoon and Zelda. But the fun inclusion of a Nintendo IP that you can see under the list I just read. Mm-hmm. Rabbids. And Mario Kart. Rabbids. The Rabbids. The raving Rayman Rabbids. That would be interesting. Um, crossover elements are characters and items and courses. Now, um, Mario Kart 10, a.k.a. Crossroads, new info is that they will have um, no coins from now on for speed boost. And that sort of makes sense to me because it sounds like they're going to have some kind of health system or shields as you go along. So you can't immediately be taken down by an item, but you can work on the same cart you've been racing against for a minute. Hmm. One item slot or two item box types. Um, so there's one item slot. There's two item box types. One big item, one small item. So they're going to categorize the items now. Where if you get a big item or a small item would be a single shell or a mushroom. But the big box powerful items are three shells, the star, three mushrooms, etc. Okay. And then passing through a box while holding a small item upgrades it to the bigger version. This sounds exactly what I would expect from the next Mario Kart. Probably. I think it's very, very smart. And the reason one of the main reasons I trust this leak is because this is just utterly game design to the T. How do you improve things? How do you improve the gameplay? How do you make Mario Kart, you know, um eight, which was just hugely played multiplayer, et cetera, is still to this day one of the most purchased played fucking Switch games of all time. How do you design it to be more competitive and a little less linear? Because every time it's about who has the luck of what. Because there is one strategy in Mario Kart 8, and that is making sure you are not in first place until literally the last half of the last lap. Because you will get hit with a blue shell, etc. Right. Right? So, seeing that they have categorization, categorization of items, make sure that you can't get a bunch of items to just fucking destroy your enemies... Um, making sure that if you play the long game and hold on to an item, it upgrades yeah. is a big deal. But then also hearing that there is like health and shielding systems is a big deal. Yeah, that's kind of wild. It is wild. But it's w- frankly what I expect for the next step in Mario Kart. Uh, I love that they chose to still with uh, Luigi and his eat shit look. They see me rolling. <laughs> They hate. I wonder if that was just an inner uh, joke to them or if they did not even like mean to. I don't know. That was the one bit from Mario Kart 8 that just took off like fucking wildfire. It really did. Just everywhere I was seeing the <clears throat> eat shit look from Luigi. <laughs> everywhere. 
Seriously. And I was just like, all right, what the fuck is going on with Luigi and his eat shit look? And that's how I found out about Mario Kart 8. Boom. <laughs> there it is. On the uh, Wii U. You have anything else to add? Um, no, I'm looking forward to playing more stuff on my uh, Xbox Series X with that Game Pass. Yes. So I just got to get the fuck through Gears of War so I can move on to the next one. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited for you. Yes. I'm excited. I just hope they announce Gears of War 2 before you play Gears of War 2. But then again, a remastered version would – you will probably like Gears of War 2 enough that you would go back and play a remastered version anyway. I don't know. Gears of War 2 remaster would get me to buy a new Xbox. I'm going to say it straight. All right. That is what they uh, Microsoft. If you're listening, you want Daniel Hayes to buy a, a Xbox Series X remastered Gears War Two because that would take me straight back. That would make me cry the way you cried for Link's Awakening remake. Oh, oh the Link's Awakening remake was. Do you hear how happy he is? Oh, it was amazing. Do you hear the it sheer joy? It was amazing. This I has been exciting. What? This has been Excitement Inc. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. Go over to the Patreon.com/slash/Excitement Inc. Throw us some money. So we can do better faster. We'll still always try, but it's not going to happen that quickly. We have day jobs. We do. Thanks for being here. Social medias. Thanks. Thanks. Stuff. Yay. Goodbye. Sucking on these titties like you want me calling me all the time. They did an acapella fuck the pain away. That's amazing. Isn't it? That is amazing. Visually good. And it comes with a band and it's big. I'm I'm just so fucking happy about it. Yeah, I knew you. That's why I told you to turn it up. I know. You were like, you need to turn this out. I was like, too true. Yeah. Well, you mute the TV. Okay, fine.